1: Thirty-six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify.
2: Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash work.
1: Shopify.com slash work.
0: In a sudden flash
2: it all comes clear. It's a Eureka moment and epiphany. Hi, I'm Marcus
0: Smith, host of the Constant Wonder Podcast. The world offers marvel, meaning, and mystery around every single corner. In nature, art, science, culture, history, we talk everything from bees and beetles to obelisks and asteroids.
2: Experience the thrill of transformative encounter. We'll bring more wonder to your day. Listen to Constant Wonder wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and
0: welcome to another episode of History Hack. Today, we've got someone super exciting, haven't we,
2: Alex? We have. She's been a smash hit twice already down the pub, especially in ripping Julius Caesar a new butthole. Uh, Emma Southern, ancient historian <laughs> guru, co-host of History of Sexy podcast, author of books on Agrippina and soon murder in ancient Rome, who declared last week, my professional historianing is mostly cackling at weirdos and oddballs from the past and the rest is spelling people's names wrong.
1: Yeah, that's probably the most accurate description of myself that I've ever done. <laughs> How are you doing on lockdown? Radicalising your mum.
2: Yeah, <laughs> radicalising my mum to hate Julius
1: Caesar, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm doing pretty well on lockdown. Um I've been furloughed, so it's, I feel like I now know what retirement is like. Like, a lot of gardening and baking and, like, little walks for the small amount that I'm allowed outside the house and reading books um, do you think that like when um, we're all
2: required to go back to life, we're all gonna like implode. Like, I just can't do it. I can't work thirty five hours a week.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And my day job, um, when I'm not historianing is uh, running a bookshop, I run water stains in Belfast, um, which is like super hectic and running up and down stairs and a lot of and dealing with the public and I'm very used to not doing any of those things now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, no, it's mostly sitting these days, which is much more pleasant. Um.
2: <laughs> so we're gonna go for women today, but not only yeah. that, ethnic women, shock, horror, awe. <laughs> Emma, yeah. tell us about, um, ethnicity in the Roman Empire and modern narratives about it.
1: Uh, so it's a weird one, um, because modern narratives about it are Uh, very little resemblance quite often to uh, ancient narratives about it um what we're talking about today is the women who are often called the syrian matriarchs who are four women all called julia um because women the romans love all having the same name um who were the first eastern women to become part of the ruling governor government of rome um and they're all from syria um and they become part of the um imperial family because of the first African emperor who is Septimius Severus um who is from Libya um and is the first african emperor um which leads to lots of conversations in modern narratives about um how black he was basically, which they're very interested in, which nobody in Rome particularly was um uh, <laughs> modern... average
2: for these days. <laughs>
1: yeah a lot of modern commentators from the nineteenth century onwards are very very interested in the color of his skin um and the um his wife Julia Domna, um and her sister and then her two nieces um become what are called matriarchs um because they basically rule the whole emperor through their children um and um, are seen in modern narratives, that kind of later Roman mar- narratives and modern narratives as being this kind of Eastern decadent destroyer of all good Roman uh, virtue and values. And whereas good Roman men would never do such terrible things like let a woman touch a thing. Um, all of these Eastern women and their effeminate Eastern sons came in covered in gold and ruined everything. Um, and so you have all of these lovely modern narratives from the 19th century, um, from even before that, from Edward Gibbon, who is 18th century, has all this stuff about Eastern decadence, diluting the goodness of Rome and all of that uh, good stuff um, that then really colours how, how you end up seeing what ethnicity looks like in the ancient world because it's really hard to see through that and look at what they were actually doing. Yeah. Um and mostly it seems like what they were worried about with Severus, for example, was that he had a funny accent and didn't really seem to worry about anything other than that. They did laugh at his accent quite a lot though.
0: <laughs> so how amazing, how awesome are these four women?
1: They are they are pretty awesome. Um particularly Julia Mesa. Julia Domner is the first one who arrives and she's pretty cool. Um it's said that Severus married her because he had a dream. Um about uh that he had heard of a woman whose horoscope had told her that she would marry a king um and that woman was julia Dumner. um she's not a woman obviously she's about 12 but um he then decides to hunt down this woman and marry her as a way of ensuring that he will become a king basically (laughs) which he does, uh, he, he kind of, he finds her, he picks her up, she grows up in, um, Emesa in Syria, which is now modern day Homs, um, poor, almost completely destroyed Homs, um, but which at the time was a very beautiful, very rich city that was a centre for religious worship in the East, um, and she her father was the head priest in um, in Syria, and so he was like a very important man. Um, and he basically, Septimius Severus is a general, a Roman general. He basically goes and picks her up, and marries her, and takes her away with him, and then fights his way to become emperor. Because the way that you become emperor after that claudius to be perfectly honest with you is that you um you kill the person <laughs> before you <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or someone else kills the person before you and then you um get involved in a civil war and are the last man standing and severus is the last man standing um after a civil war um the person before him quite fun uh buys the imperial chair so their praetorian guard hold a um literally hold an auction they kill the person before them um because he won't pay them as much money as they want um and then they stand outside the camp and go all right who will give us the most amount of money and we'll make you emperor
2: so it's basically <laughs> um, like they put the the post on like eBay
1: they put it on eBay basically yeah um and we're like how much will you pay us and we'll make you emperor um <laughs> and one guy offers them the most amount of money so they go alright then Um, and he then doesn't pay them quick enough so they immediately kill him Um, and then Severus who is the head of an army at the time in Pannonia is like alright lads um I seem to have a large amount of troops here, so I'll go for it. Um And then wins the civil war and rocks up in Rome and is like, hello, I'm your new emperor. And the Senate are rubbish by this point. So they're like, all right, sir, yes, sir, anything you say, sir. Um, <laughs> so, where now, does, <laughs> so where does Julia come in? So Julia is kind of tagging along through all of that. But then um once he becomes emperor, he becomes really obsessed with um creating this notion of continuity and so this is my favorite thing about Septimius Severus actually he has himself adopted by a man who has been dead for 20 years (laughs) um (laughs) he declares that he is the adopted son of Marcus Aurelius who has been dead for two decades (laughs) and then goes on this like big propaganda spree with his wife and puts her on everything, like she's everywhere. And he gives her all these titles that she's never had before, um, and makes this big deal out of the fact that he has two sons and a wife. Two sons and a wife, um, and they're all definitely related to Marcus Aurelius in some way. Um, and so she um kind of becomes this figure of a kind of strong Empress, but she's quite traditional as a woman in the empire, so she doesn't really do like apart. She gets loads of honors that are quite fun, um, like she gets called the mother of the country and the mother of the Senate and she gets her name on milestones and things, which is exciting if you're into milestones, I guess. Um She's <laughs> basically
2: uh, like Daenerys. By the time it gets to the end she's got like three hundred titles you have to reel off when she enters a room.
1: Yeah. And goes on forever. Um but so She's quite traditional though um the only non-traditional thing about her is that she is Syrian and she brings with her her sister her brother-in-law um, and her sister's kids um, who are uh, Syrian and who become embedded in the kind of the court um and then when things go a bit wrong under uh, Julia Domna's son then Um, then they kind of rise up and they're the really fun ones. Um, So, so what happens... Do your Sorry, I was going to say, what happens to Septimus? I'm
2: guessing he dies at some point, otherwise she can't come to the front, can she? He does.
1: He dies in England, actually. Um, He likes to march around the empire because he's a military man and he drops dead in England um, and then leaves his empire to his two sons equally. Um, And... their mother is supposed to kind of oversee this Um, and but he has two sons, one of whom is a bit rubbish and one of whom is a bastard Um, as is I suppose classic Uh, and the bastard son who's Caracalla kills the rubbish son Gator almost immediately in his mother's arms, just kind of marches in one day and stabs his brother to death while his um, brother is hanging out with his mum Julia then kind of sticks around with the horrible son. He has a five-year reign where she is his main advisor. Um, He likes to march around the empire as well. Um, But she follows him around and is his main advisor. Again, kind of maintains quite a traditional role as being behind him. I always have this kind of metaphor. If you have the women who are behind the emperor, who are always one step back, and she is always usually one step back, Um, except when it comes to intellectual pursuits, which are seen either in a very negative sense or in a very positive sense depending on which author you're reading some authors think the fact that she had like a circle of um she had like a circle of philosophers and rhetoricians and mathematicians that she liked to hang out with and some people think that shows how cool she is and some people think that shows that she was desperately unfeminine um because I women have I think that's cool. It is cool. Um it is quite, it's a fun thing that she did. Uh, all of the things that came out of it are dreadful. But um if unless you like really like Neoplatonist uh philosophy, which I don't. Um, <laughs> um but uh, but it is cool that she did it, that she spent quite a lot of time like and she really liked having dinner parties where she got into arguments with people about rhetoric. Um but there's a, a fairly significant strain of men who think that uh women being educated is disgusting. Still still is. <laughs> <It> still is <laughs> most of um, them are on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, most of them in our mentions at least once a yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but other than that, she maintains to be a kind of fairly traditional thing. But then what happens is Caracella, so everybody hates Caracella even though he's quite hot, um because he's horrible. And he is murdered while he's taking a piss. He is um, on the march with the army and he stops to take a piss and someone's really cross at him because he promised them a uh, promotion and they he didn't get it. So they kill him. They just kill him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just while he's got his dick out. Um, what charming. I know. He deserved it, to be fair. Yeah, it doesn't um, and sound then- like
2: anyone feels sorry for him, to be honest.
1: Yeah, so that leaves Julia by herself. Um and now her husband, and both her children her are dead. Um and she kind of has nothing and she also has cancer. Um Aww. and a guy called Macrinus takes over and he's kind of nice to her and says, Look, don't worry, I'm not gonna kill you or anything. I'm just gonna if you just stay they're in the east, they're in Antioch in Turkey, um, when Karakel dies, and she they're like just like, like if you stay there and everything will be okay, but she can't really take it, so she kills herself. Um and um kind of tries to stab herself and it doesn't go very well and then she just starves herself to death and kind of wastes away, which is very sad. Um but she lives quite a cool life as a uh, a woman with about as much good power as a Roman woman is allowed to have and no one really slags her for being Syrian. Um but she has a sister um who doesn't obey any of the rules whatsoever. <laughs> is this our next Julia? It I was is. about to ask. I was yeah. about to say, is this is this the other Julia? This is the next Julia of the four. Um so this is Julia Domna's uh, sister, who is Julia Mesa, um, who is a younger sister, and she's kind of been a tag along with her or her big sister, Domna, um, and she's gone to Rome with her and they've been hanging out and she's been part of the court and her husband was a consul, and um when Everything falls apart for that dynasty. So all three men are dead. Her sister is now dead. She has gone back to Emesa um, to hang out. And she's sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? She has two daughters. um, So she's got no useful sons. um, But both of her daughters have a son. Um, who are about 13 and 10 at this time Um, and Mesa is amazing and super smart and very very rich and she is absolutely not willing to go back to Syria and just hang out being the um, you know being related to some priests when she's been in Rome so she basically persuades the um legions who are stationed in there's like a permanent legion just outside of uh, of Emesa um and quite a lot of the people who are in the army there go back and forth into Emesa to worship in the temple where Mesa's granddaughter grandson um Avatis, is the head priest he is 12 but he's still somehow the head priest um and looking there might be some nepotism light. here <laughs> it's a hereditary position so um like they they their family used to be back when um syria was uh, persian and then after it was a persian it was a syrian kingdom with client kings and then when syria became was absorbed into the empire the family who had been the client kings kind of switched over into being head priests essentially um so they maintained their power um but it then it meant a is a hereditary position of um so if like kings if someone happens to die while their kid is still quite young then that you get a six-year-old priest um who i'm sure is very good at the job yes yeah. <laughs> So Avetis is uh, the 12-year-old head priest um, and Mesa is very rich and very good at persuading people of things. And she is also recently widowed. So her husband died at about the same time as Domina did. So she goes around telling everybody that actually – her daughter had an affair with Caracalla, who's now dead, um, and that um, Avitus is actually the biological son of the Emperor Caracalla and is therefore the rightful next emperor. Oh, (laughs)
2: genius.
1: Yeah. And then in order to um, kind of really hammer that home, she also gives them lots of money. Um, And then she walks with Avitus into the um into the camp and is like look who I brought you. I've brought you the son of Caracalla, whose name I'm going to change to um, Antoninus, which is what Caracalla's real name was. Um, and they're all like, well, this sounds great. Um, and hail him as the 13-year-old emperor. Um, and then they march on Antioch, where Macrinus is, um, and have a wee battle. And Macrinus almost immediately gives up. Um, and Mesa just kind of walks in with this child in tow and goes, all right, lads, Um this is your new emperor. He's a child. Um, My daughter, Soemius, is a bit limp, to be perfectly honest. So I'm going to do everything from now on, um, which is exactly what she does. Um, And they traipse back to Rome with a child and her daughter. So it's her daughter and her grandson um, in tow um, and sets herself back up in Rome. Genius.
0: So tell us, how does she do as an empress?
1: As an empress, she does pretty well. Uh, As an emperor... Avitus is rubbish. Um, he is known better as Elagabalus, um, as this kind of... Um, he's been claimed as a kind of queer icon and a transgender icon. Uh, Romans hated him because he was um, the high priest of the god Elagabalus, and he tried to make that a kind of formal religion in Rome, which they despised, and he also liked having sex with everybody. Um, <laughs> And uh loved wearing gold. Like those are his favourite things, shagging, wearing gold, um and sometimes dressing up as a girl. So he's um, basically a dirty chav, is what you're saying. A little bit, yeah, but with better eye makeup. (laughs) Better eye makeup and this uh,
2: tendency to try and change everybody's religion.
1: Yeah, but he is kind of like a like you can totally imagine because what happens is Mesa is running everything and is doing all of the work essentially, Um, and he is poncing around having fancy dinner parties and um, making like just doing ridiculous things like making his favorite charioteer like the prefect of the city, Um, and then um mesa has to be like oh no okay right you just don't do anything i'll do it um (laughs) and he doesn't really listen to her at all um and so but his mum who is sermius does seem to kind of be a bit more coddling towards her son so what happens is after five years um Julia Mesa switches sides to her other grandson. She's had (laughs) Um, enough of this one. (laughs) (laughs) She's had enough of this one. (laughs) Um, Because he just won't listen. Um, And presumably she thought that she could be like, look, do you told. Or I'll give you a wee slap. But um, he wasn't listening to that. So she switches sides. And alongside her other daughter, who's called Julia Mamea, um, she starts paying off the guard again and gets them to come behind her other grandson who's called severus alexander who has reached the grand old age now of 12 um and they then overthrow <laughs> her <laughs> other grandson It's like, like an old, woman and, and yeah, an old woman
2: and a kid yeah an old woman and
1: a kid overthrow what? her other daughter, um and her other grandson, um and they're horribly butchered and dragged through the streets. But Mesa somehow, um so Sirmius man is is killed along with her son with Elagabalus um as she's dragged through the streets and thrown in the Tiber and everybody hates her, which is the first time that's ever happened to a woman. Um but Mesa's like, Well wow, goodness me, what a terrible turn of events. I guess I'll just keep running the empire.
0: <laughs> Someone needs to make a Netflix show here because yeah. this is ep- this is an epic Netflix
1: programme and it, if Netflix are listening, get on it. And it don't a-
2: whitewash it. No
1: white yeah, girls no playing it. them. No white girls, no. Yeah. They want Syrian girls in this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was trying to whitewash this and it really annoys me. Um, yeah. I literally, just before I was on this last night, I was reading a book by an author who I won't name, which came out a year, year or two ago, um, which has a bit about the these four Julias in it, in which it says. Just a multitude of wrong things. But one thing that's always said about Julia Domner, um is that her name is a kind of corruption of Domina, which is Latin for mistress. Um, but it isn't. It's an Arabic word um, yeah. because she is. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> like, don't
1: whitewash her name. Like she has an Arabic name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if Netflix,
2: Netflix, if you can sit around a table between you and wrap your heads around... Uh, history thing with loads of blood, guts, gore and sex, but that is populated yeah. solely by brown people, then it could be epic. <laughs> I say <laughs> this as happy. a brown it's person. It's not those white people. Yeah, there are brown yeah. people that can act. It's doable. I hear they watch telly too. Yeah.
0: yeah. And <laughs> <really They> become <laughs> historians. And yeah, <laughs> <can>,
2: I that. <laughs> and can learn scripts and everything. Um, anyway. Every so often they become empresses. Yeah, I know.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com
1: slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: I'll tell you what, it ends very well for her because she um, dies peacefully of old age in her bed. Um having seen Se- um Alexander Severus become emperor, everybody kind of likes Alexander Severus mostly because as far as like tell he never says or does anything. Um and is deified. Um at this point everybody gets deified, like people's dogs are getting deified, <laughs> but um it's still nice that they deified her. <laughs> um so technically she is a goddess. Um and gets a little temple, and gets a couple of little priests to worship her forever. Um, and Alexander Severus and Julia Mamea, um are kind of happily ruling along. Um, and it seems like everything is going to go well, but what they've forgotten is that this is the beginning of the third century crisis, and then they are horribly butchered by a different military <laughs> general with the excellent name of Maximinius Thrax.
2: So Ooh. Julia Mamea does come in as number three, doesn't she?
1: She's number four
0: oh okay sorry right I it, but, oh, okay. Right.
1: <laughs> exactly tell us about number three julia staramas so she is um she is the least documented one really um mostly because she's so overshadowed by her mother whereas Domna gets all this time by herself and um mamea gets some time by herself when mesa is dead um Samus just kind of gets massively overshadowed by her mum even in like the coinage is a really interesting thing with um the coins of the time which is that the women are really prominent they're on about 20% of the coins from each reign um like consistently 20% as well which is really fun um but under Elagabalus you have 20% of those coins are Julia Mesa um and then a seven percent over here are his mum, a Julia Suamus. Um, and she's always um just as a Vesta, like she doesn't get any fun coins either, she doesn't get any like sexy ones. Um so she goes really overshadowed by her mum. Um and the but the reason everybody thinks she must have been vaguely interesting when she was alive is that she was killed, basically.
2: Yeah, so there must have been <laughs> like... a reason for people to offer is what you're saying
1: exactly exactly in much the same way that like you think that Agrippina the younger must have been doing something in the 5 years that she's missing from the sources because otherwise Nero wouldn't have killed her like the people wouldn't have murdered her <laughs> yeah so what um, do we I- know about her um we know that she was I- within the reign um that she um was probably working in some way alongside um alongside mesa to do the kind of day-to-day running the putting people in place and things like that um but that she was when it came down to it she sided with her son rather than sided with her mother um which is she was uh which is why mesa abandoned her to her fate basically um she seems to me she always reads to me as a bit of a wimp to be honest um (laughs) I I feel like Mesa was probably a very overbearing mother like you probably did not say no to her very often um but at the same time (laughs) um um, she does she always comes across as a bit of a like I suspect that she's a my son can do no wrong how dare you suggest such a thing um
2: she's definitely not the most impressive is she
1: she's the least impressive of the four um she still gets to be in like an augusta and an empress and gets coins and stuff um and she gets all the titles but she um she's of the least of the four she she has a lot to live up to as a problem yeah
0: i'm hoping that julia mamea sound is much more exciting
1: please tell me <laughs> she is, is she? uh she is more exciting um Julia Mamea gets much more um into the whole ruling thing so um she is um considered to be like the reason why Alexander Severus lasts as long as he does um which is longer than 20 minutes um, <laughs> um <laughs> Um, because she is very, very good at, um, finding the right people for the right job and then getting them in the right place at the right time. So she has, there's this guy called Alpian, um, who's very big during, um, the the reign of Alexander Severus, who she gets in to basically do everything. She does quite a lot of reforms, um, with Alpian to... The whole of the beginning of the third century and then through the third century is people trying to reform stuff because things are falling to bits. Um, You have kind of these plagues have been going. The empire is too big now. It's like reached a point where the everything, the ends of the empire are so far away that communicating and uh, kind of integrating all of the bits have become too really difficult. and And the management of the three systems like kind of the three centers of power which is the army the imperial household and the senate is become massively weighted in favor of the army like the army control everything and they are not one homogenous thing they are very very um capricious and difficult and are very used to now getting their own way um and so the fact that she and Ulpian managed to hold it together for the length of Severus's reign, um, which is, mm, how long is it? 208 to 222. Two, 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 two. So like they hold it together for a while. Um yeah. Is impressive work. <laughs> um, admittedly, they are horribly butchered together. Um, but they are... They are overthrown by an army revolt that they could not have controlled and when it comes to holding stuff together in rome and not being murdered by their own praetorian guard they do quite a good job
2: um how do people view this period with women successively ruling the empire
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they hate it um the I mean, much in the same way that Tacitus hated Agrippina, they hate the fact they consider women being anywhere near the reins of power. And they are not like, they're still technically within the bounds of what women are allowed to do. Like they don't have any job titles and they're not in the Senate um, and they're not technically doing anything that's illegal. But they are... um, they clearly have an influence and a power that um, it comes through the fact that the children that they are controlling are children. And these are the first child emperors of Rome as well. We've not had anyone like the youngest before this has been Nero, who's like 19. Um, But these are the first like, and then since then, virtually everyone has been in their thirties, forties, fifties. They've been older. um, And, these ones are the first ones who are properly like children yeah <laughs> like, they, they're first both of them are 13 when they become emperor and like you couldn't i don't know i've got 13 year old nephews and i wouldn't trust them with anything um, trust them with like, my cat but yeah exactly they <laughs> mostly spend all their time locked in the bathroom um <laughs> um and so They're obviously and like everyone's pretty aware that these tiny children are not actually making their decisions. Um so there is this antipathy to the idea that women should be able to do this, that women could have this control over the child emperors, that women could um could allow the things that happen. So Elagabalus is particularly despised because he is considered to be too eastern um and so is his mother that they so elagabalus is uh an eastern god um he is sometimes thought of as a sun god but that's because the romans could not be bothered to work out what elagabalus was um that it comes from arabic they so they just like ella sounds a bit like helio i guess so it's probably the sun but (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) institutional roman
2: racism going on right there
1: (laughs) yeah like they just couldn't be asked to work out what it could be um so they um so he bring basically elagabalus is represented by a massive black cone of stone um and it means kind of god of the mountain and it's just kind of a uh, an abstract god of some kind, but it's very important in the east, and he brings this massive stone to Rome um which upsets the Romans quite a lot, builds some temples to him, and then um starts trying to make like move the imagery of the Roman religion into their temple, and then he marries a vestal virgin, which you' definitely not allowed to do, um which they hate. Um, and he kind of tries to institutionalize the worship of um, uh, of this god, which they find to be not just distasteful, but, like, actively offensive. Yeah, he uh, does
2: sound like a knob, <laughs> if I'm honest.
1: He is, a, I mean, he's a bit of a knob. He's a, like, you wouldn't want to hang out with him. No. Um, by any stretch of imagination. He's quite, he's spoiled. He's, like just a bit of a dickhead he plays horrible pranks on people um he insists upon wearing like shiny gold shoes all the time um he's he is just a bit of a dickhead but people blame the women for him basically and they blame the fact that he is eastern and the romans from the very beginning have been massively suspicious of and hate eastern things um what happens to the severan dynasty the Severan dynasty is, weirdly, <laughs> remembered as a, a, a time of peace and stability. <laughs> because Sorry, what comes what? after <laughs> is so terrible. <laughs> Tell um, us about uh, what
2: does come after. Isn't there a crisis?
1: There's a thing called the third century crisis, where everything really goes to hell in a handbasket, and where everybody declares themselves emperor pretty much all at once. And you have things like I think there's something like fifty emperors, it's thirty emperors in fifty years, I think it is. Um, and there's a massive devaluation of the. Money, so they have like all of the money stops being worth anything, and then there's kind of famines um, and there's wars constantly, and no one knows what's going on, and no one can name all of the emperors and it's uh, a nightmare. So in comparison to that, <laughs> um, the the fact that they managed to get three emperors who were all related to each other admittedly with one in the middle seems like a relative period of calm um and peace and loveliness and the fact that they hated almost all of them um doesn't kind of gets whitewashed over a little bit (laughs) um but uh so it is weirdly remembered in the third century as the um the final moments of calm niceness um it's just a shame that they happen to be so girly um and uh Girly and Eastern, and a bit rubby in that sense.
0: Emma, I just want to say that <laughs> was absolutely brilliant and really exciting, and I'm sure our listeners are going to absolutely love this podcast. I want to say thank you so much for me, Alex, for coming on to our show and talking to us about Julia, 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 <laughs> Julia, and the Severan Dynasty, and about some exciting emperors, which was just absolutely awesome. So thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Always exciting
2: my pleasure. brown emperors as well.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Brown like emperors. There
0: we go. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. The first time. That's not time. whitewash it.
1: No.
0: Netflix, don't whitewash it.
2: No. <laughs> We do not want to see Scarlett Johansson cast as Julia Mesa, age 56.
1: Doesn't <laughs> need to happen. But they aged her up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even worse, Angela Jolie.
2: Oh, no, that's what they did with them. Um, I'd really, Alexander, they had him married to uh, Rosaria Dawson, because clearly there wasn't an Afghan slash Pakistani woman anywhere that could possibly act.
1: There aren't any of those. No. I've never heard of
2: any. No. I can name one. Hi. The girl from the Americans that's half Afghan that played the Russian spy. Get her. She could do it.
0: There you go. Or What about the Indian girl from um, The Witcher? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen She's that. She's beautiful. I love her.
1: I would like what? all the... Sorry, What? He did the costumes for The Witcher. To do the costumes for this, because there is so much like beautiful kind of gold and purple embroidery that they're all wearing, and the costumes in The Witcher were amazing. And
2: this Netflix is why Emma needs to be your historical consultant on a significant salary, um, and (laughs) do everything she says. Otherwise, it will be rubbish. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Invite us on the set,
0: people. Invite us on the set.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, of the Syrian matriarchy.
2: Yeah, his history hack exclusive, brilliant, Emma <laughs> so much, and you absolutely have to come down the pub again soon. If you haven't yet heard our special release from last night, do go back and download it. It's called Nazi Titanic, and it commemorates the seventy fifth anniversary of the disaster at Lübeck, um, which you really, really should know more about. It is quite possibly the bloodiest hour of the Holocaust. Um, Join us tomorrow when we will be talking to... Chris Dobbs, back by popular demand. Um, He was on our first Down the Pub session. Uh, His career with the Mary Rose spans um, discovery, salvage, excavation, all the way through to setting up the museum. And he talks to us about 40 years of history with the Mary Rose. It is absolutely brilliant. Um, Don't forget, you can now become a patron of History Hack for as little as $1 a month by going to www.historyhack.podbean.com We want to keep going after the Corona the virus uh, crisis is over, uh, but we do need your help. It would be much appreciated. There now follows a public service announcement.
1: I'm Horatia Hornblower, and I'm Archie Kennedy. The simplest gift you can give in these troubled times is to obey orders. Indeed. The regulations are very clear in the matter. It is the duty of all of us to remain at anchor until the little people in the talking box signal you otherwise. You don't want to end up getting flogged. Good day to you. Good day to you, Ben.